We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Steven, we get hit up all the time with help with practice interview questions because if you do a Google search, I mean, you find lists, but there's a lot of repetition. So we have cornered the market and put together this incredible comprehensive list of 233 free pageant questions. And it's available for anyone on our site as long as they make a contestant profile. Okay. So are these questions just um, one like long list of 233 questions? Are they age specific, gender specific? What's the deets? So it's broken down in several different ways. So I'm glad you asked. Once, once you make your contestant profile, if you haven't already, it'll just pop right into your inbox, but it will be the miss question version. We do have versions for preteen, teen, miss, misses, et cetera. So there's de- several different lists that we have. So if miss doesn't pertain to you, there's a way to just click right in that email that you receive and get the correct list delivered. So beyond the age divisions, it's also separated by topic. So there's generic personality questions, platform questions, hot topic questions, et cetera. So there's several different categories so you can be more well-rounded in your interview. They're not just all getting to know you fluff questions. There's some that will really challenge you as far as being able to discuss current events. Um, And there's also ones that will help you really dive into your platform if you have one. Awesome. Okay. So these questions are free, right? Mm -hmm. And then the download is immediate. Um, So how do they get them? So like we said, so if you visit pageantplanet.com and you don't have one already, you're in luck. Once you create a contestant profile, which is in the upper right-hand corner, it will be automatically emailed to you. So that is the only step you need. However, if you've been a longtime loyal listener, Pageant Planet follower, et cetera, we have a little cheat for you to get there. Once you're logged into your contestant profile that you already made, just go ahead and visit pageantplanet.com backslash pages backslash services. If you're not logged into your contestant profile, you will get an error. So make sure you log in first. Awesome. And I'll provide that link for you like in the show notes too, so that you can just click it and have that easy download there too. But outside of that, create the contestant profile and they'll be emailed to you directly. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to today's episode. Today, Jesse and myself, we are going to be talking about how to make judges fall in love with Y-O-U. So Jesse, set the stage for us. Well, Stephen, a lot of contestants, especially first-time contestants, ask what they should expect from the judges. I mean, you're spending all this time writing a resume, writing your paperwork, preparing, and you walk into the interview room or on stage and like the judges are not what you anticipate. And while every judging panel is different, there are still things that may catch a contestant off, off guard. And Stephen, can I just say I always always, always, always want to be the mean judge. And I always fail. Like I want to ask the super hard questions, but like 
be really stern about it. But I always like keep a smile on my face because I feel for the contestants and I want to make them comfortable. So I always fail in my mission to be the mean one. Someone else always takes that role. <laughs> um, but there's always different types of judges on the judging panel. There's a mean one. There's a smiley one that ends up being me. Um, and it runs the gamut. So, Stephen, what kind of judge are you? Um, well, before I say what kind of judge I am, there is something. I don't know why so many people want to be the mean judge. But it does feel so... I don't know, maybe powerful because you're in that judge's chair and that's maybe why people want to be the mean judge. Um, I think I'm a nice judge. I, I am consistent though. So if I realize that off the bat, I'm like, crap, I accidentally smiled at the first girl, then I smile at all the girls. Um, or if I kind of have a stoic look on the first one, then I'm consistent and I have a stoic look throughout because I don't want to be like, oh, he had a mean face towards you. Well, that's odd because like he really smiled towards me. Yeah, I didn't want those talks to go. So I'm I more favor on the nice judge side. That's interesting. That's very self-aware of you because a lot of judges, especially those that are newer to the industry, because I think most panels have at least one novice judge, yeah. which means they've never judged anything before. So they really don't know how to handle themselves. So it's great that you have that self-awareness to give everyone a level playing field, but it can be so stressful. Like you walk into a room, you have no idea what to expect. So I get the fear from contestants. Yeah. And you know, everybody brings their own, as you alluded to before, everybody brings their own unique personality types and we actually gosh maybe about a year ago we did another um, episode on just personality types in general so um, you know I'll link to that in the bio like in the description form so you can go back and listen to that one but it's um, it would help you along with this podcast so okay so we're going to meet judges of all different types all different backgrounds Mm -hmm. some of them might be thinking while you're talking like oh my gosh I got to use the bathroom. You know, others might be thinking like I could really use a coffee right now. They might be, you know, that food coma if your interview is right after lunch. So all these different things are going through their mind. How do contestants deal with judges? Well, the first thing I'll say is that probably happens in real job interviews too. So this is something that the mentality that you're going to get from this podcast is something that you should totally adapt when you're looking for your next career or going through the gamut of scholarship interviews, et cetera. So across the board, follow, follow these, these guidelines to help you be successful. So, and to be honest, you straight up, you'll probably walk into onto stage or into interview room with a bunch of serious poker faces. So you have to be mentally prepared, but we have your guidelines. The first that we're going to talk about today is staying the course. And Steven, do you want to read this great Instagram suggestion we got? Yes, and I'll give a shot at the name. This is <laughs> Schnadeg. Okay, we'll stick with it. Close, close, okay. yeah. My smile, a natural smile, and good eye contact go a long way in making anyone you've just met feel connected with you and invested in what you say. Your answers to interview questions are important, but it's equally as important to emphasize that connection and demonstrate that you're relatable and friendly. So this so, is her staying the course. This is her this is her advice on what she does when she walks into the interview room. Yeah, and I think it's so true. Even if the judges are super, super straight-faced, doesn't mean that you should be. Often they're directed to show little emotion as possible and like that their default is a straight face as a result of that and I want you to hold fast to your personality and work as hard as possible 
to win them over. And that can include things like your natural warmth. It definitely includes eye contact. Eye contact is the foundation for all great communication and connections. But with what what Mrs. and I'm going to guess too because I have no idea what Mrs. Shade Egg said um, is pretty on part. Like no matter what kind of negativity you're getting from them, you have to overcome with your vibe. Um, and I actually heard a story by a former Miss New York. Um, her name is Caitlin Monty, and she nearly won Miss America. She was second runner up. And she said her strategy on stage was when she was on stage, she would scan the judges and she wouldn't stop staring at one, a certain, a judge, the first judge, let's say, until they smiled back. And she just like locked in, like laser focus on each judge and they eventually get uncomfortable enough. They're being serious and you're getting stared at and smiled at that they finally broke a smile. And because of that, she knew she had made a great connection. Um, so she stayed her course and made them like let their guard down with her, even though they wanted to keep a straight face the whole time. And I'm sure it was hard to do. And I'm sure no other contestant did that, but clearly it paid off. Yeah, it played off for her. And I could also see it going the other way. So I mean, you kind of have to intuitively feel that out if that's the right strategy for you. Because if you stare a judge down, and it's based on what your personality is. I mean, clearly it worked for her. But if you were to stare a judge down and maybe you have a more of a serious demeanor too, you could make that judge feel uncomfortable and they could kind of dock you and score like, why was she staring at me? She was freaking me out. She was freaking me out. So instead of an eight, she gets a seven, you know, so that could also happen too. So, you know, use with, um, use with caution, but there's also those studies that say, okay, you're walking in a, in a restaurant and like, if you do a full out smile, I think it's studies in like marketing or whatnot, but if you do a, a full out smile, then that other person is like X percent likely to give a smile back. But if you just do kind of a half smirk style smile, you don't get that response back. So it's almost like if you're going to smile, go all out, show some teeth, be like genuine. Cause a half smirk, the other person's like, uh, what should I smile? Should I not? Should I smile? Should I not? And you don't, you just want the judges to, at the end of the day, um, like just fall in love with your being, like with who you are energetically um, because they're not going to remember 90% of what you say anyways, but they will always remember how they felt in your presence. Yes, I love that. And like Steven said, like with caution. So obviously if you're glaring at a judge for your entire time on stage and they're not smiling back, you need to still give the other probably four judges um, attention as well. So don't get hung up on one judge if they're not smiling back. Make sure to move along so every judge has their time connecting with you. Yeah. Okay. So that's like staying the course strategy, which, I mean, she had a game plan going in. I want to get a smile off every judge. And that was her game plan and that worked for her. What's the next strategy that we have to pretty much make the judges fall in love with you? Yeah. So I alluded to it in this prior um, note. So I wanted to dive into it more because it is the foundation of a great connection and that's eye contact. This is huge for me as a coach and as a judge. So if a contestant comes on stage, goes from one X to the other X and leaves without ever looking at the judges. If I'm an audience member, all I'm thinking is, uh Oh, right. Well, I mean, because if you're scanning the audience, which a lot of coaches will coach you to do to scan the audience, that's great. But you know, the person on the fifth row, they're not going to give you a score. Right. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to say they don't matter as a human, but in relation to your score and pageantry, they don't matter. Well, and it's not a matter of, 
the judges wanting to feel important by you looking at them, but they want to know you're here to win. So it's one thing to go out and have a great time. You're looking at mom, you're looking at grandma, like that's your comfort place. But until you really lock it in with the judges and give them your focus while on stage, they're really not getting that competitive edge from you. Um, like, like Steven said, mom and dad aren't giving you scores and they love you anyway. So remember what you came to do. And the judges are the most important people in the room. And in fact, they're the only people in the room that can make your dream happen. So as ethereal or romantic or elegant as you look on stage, if you're not connecting with those people, it's not going to translate. So I, I know that this is an audio coaching tool. However, do you have almost a, a verbal walkthrough that you can take the listeners through of how they can make appropriate eye contact with the judges? And if there's time scan the audience, do you have anything like that in your arsenal? Yeah, so I would suggest actually a circle movement with your eyes, with the judges. So for example, start. so if your judges are in a straight line, I want you to pick a judge on the end. It can be the one on the left or the one on the right, whatever is most natural to you. So you start with the judge on the end and you scan all of the judges straight across with eye contact. So I'm like mentally doing it as I'm like talking mm -hmm, through it. So too. you go from one me judge too. to the next. <laughs> uh -huh. And then I want you to go slightly above their head. So now you're looking into the audience. So you've re you finished the end. Keep going with your eyes in that direction that you're going the opposite from where you started. So go up and then back the other direction. So the opposite way you came. And then you end on that first judge once again. So does that make sense? Okay. So I'm going to tell you what I heard. So yep. I'm going to, in my mind, I'm starting at the judge on the far right. I'm mm -hmm. scanning each judge, looking them in the eye until I get to the judge on the far left. And then I'm just going to scan back to the right, but I'm going to look just above every judge's head more into the audience right there. And then I'm going to yep. land on the judge to the right. Exactly. Okay. And like, if, if you want some extra help on that, lift your chin when you change from the judges to the audience. It looks very grand. It will kind of remind you to like, okay, now's the time where I look up and out. So they, you've made the eye contact, the connection. And then when you've done that and you acknowledge the audience, they can then picture you in a position of an appearance or an event where you are to be addressing an audience, whether speaking or modeling, et cetera. So it gives them, okay, you connect with me and now I picture you in the position and now you're back. So a lot of contestants get a little shifty eyed on stage and they get a little nervous. Like, I don't know what to look at. I'm yeah. looking at the stage. I'm looking at the judges. Where do I go next? That plan every time. So that's like your ex when you're on an ex posing, that should be like your eye routine. Yeah. So that makes sense. So I, I use a strategy when I'm talking to crowds um, from mm -hmm. stage or yeah. if it's just a group of people, I look, I, I basically start on the right and then I'm looking at people randomly in the eyes until I get to the left. And then I just start my way back, you know, so that you're keeping them engaged. They feel like you're talking to you and it helps you to connect individually with an audience as a whole. So like when you are talking to, um, you know, that's from on stage, but if you're talking to a private interview of judges, you know, whoever asked you the question, you know, obviously you're going to start talking to him or her first and then you're going to move around the room in whatever order makes sense um, but just connecting with each person um, momentarily with their eyes like you don't have to stay there for like a three count it's not dancing right just do it to where it feels natural and then move off and i would suggest that in addition to this that you're not moving too quickly right because mm -hmm. then you start to get the shifty eyes <laughs> like and yeah. no one ever trusts someone with shifty eyes in fact like they say 
like in like talking about a criminal, he had kind of shifty eyes. <laughs> so it's never a good thing, right? So it, it portrays confidence and almost like, yeah, you can look inside of my soul. You can trust me. I'm, I'm, what I'm speaking is, is gospel here. It's truth. So um, yeah, I guess that. Well, and I'll also say if you're nervous about that, and some people do get nervous with eye contact because we're so much more comfortable looking at people than knowing people are looking at us. So once you lock eyes with someone, there are definitely some nerves that can take over for certain personality types. And one tip that I found is when I'm speaking in public, I find I have great eye contact with the audience, but I never am really making eye contact with anyone specifically, which I find odd. Like after 30 years, I look back and all my speaking engagements and I'm like, wait a minute. Like, and everyone always tells me my eye contact is fabulous, but I'm finding I'm always looking from like forehead to forehead. Mm. And like, it's just like the upward presence of knowing who to acknowledge. So if you do get nervous from direct eye contact, it can be done with the judges and the crowd. Instead of scanning eyes, scan foreheads. Very yeah. similar, makes you feel less, um, less under attack, I guess. And then when you go to the audience, same, same deal. Maybe it's not the audience you're looking at. Maybe if there's an orchestra level, uh, maybe you're looking at the, um, the, ba- the actual barrier there from the wall. So a couple of different tips and tricks there, depending upon your level of comfortability on stage. That's so good. Okay. So we've got stay the course, we've got eye contact. And what's the, the third way that we can make judges fall in love with us? So the last is a strategy about mirroring communication. And um, this was suggested to us to include in this podcast by um, our friend Sherry Shanley. And she always has great communication tips for us. So Stephen, do you want to read Sherry's note? Yeah. So Sherry says, interviews are short. You have just a small amount of time to pack in a lasting punch. I use a technique often called communication mirroring. When done right, you can help quickly build rapport with people by imitating their mannerisms and verbal communication style. If you can lock down building a connection quickly, a stellar interview naturally should fall into place. I love Mm -hmm. this. It's actually a sales strategy too. Yes, it is. It works for any kind of um, person-to-person interaction where you're trying to build a relationship. Okay, so let's let's break this down a little bit for people that this is the very first time that they've heard about it. Um, do you have some real-life examples of what mirroring and matching looks like? So I will start by saying this is a strategy that is one you'll use in the interview room and I would likely say not on stage because you're not going to want to be sitting, crossing your legs, putting your hand on your face like a judge would in the front row while you're in your evening gown. Right. So this is exclusively for um, the interview room. And when you truly connect with a judge or any person, really, you naturally mirror their body language, which makes you both feel extremely confident and comfortable. And I, I find that when Kevin and I are at dinner, Stephen, we often mirror each other. Do you ever not to do the same? <sighs> You know, I know that when she she and I first started dating, I was intentional about it because when she would lean in, I would lean in too, like if we're talking over dinner and Mm -hmm. because I was very cognizant of like, I didn't want, you know, to come across creepy or like too excited or whatever. And so when she would lean back and cross her legs, I would lean back and cross my legs. Like, so naturally if like, if I'm leaning forward and she's leaning back, it's almost like she's like, I need a little space here. Right. So mm-hmm. then when I lean back, I give her that space. And when she's feel comfortable or excited about something that she's talking about, then she leans in and then I want to mirror her excitement. So then when it's natural, I lean in too when I'm saying the next thing, like, oh my gosh, and mm-hmm. right, I lean in there. So um, now I guess, you know, just, you know, being with each other for four years, you know, being married for about two and a half, I haven't really naturally thought 
thought about it. I, I have to get back with you on that. I probably we won't do a podcast and follow up, but I'll get back with you personally on that to let you know because I'm going to be more cognizant of it, especially today. Well, sometimes we're like I will look over and we'll be like at a at a friend's house and we're sitting on the couch and we're sitting exactly the same. Mm. I just feel like we have just built that connection together. So it, it happens over time or when you're really intentional about it. I think those are the two ways it happens. So for those listening, I don't want you to go into your interview and feel like you have to purposely do it because there's so many other things to be thinking about an interview already that instead of thinking about it consciously, like Steven just mentioned he was, because it's a lot easier to do on a one-on-one. So if you're in a round robin interview, it's definitely easier to do. If you're in a panel, it's a little more challenging. Um, so I want you like to practice an everyday conversation, like Steven said, being fully focused on the person speaking and see if you naturally adapt to their mannerisms. Like, are they nodding? Do you nod back? Are they squint? Like, are they squinting to think about something or are they furrowing their brow? Do you do the same? Do they put, um, when do you put your hands on your face when they do crossing your legs? Like Steven just said, like leaning back, crossing the legs. Like, again, you should not feel for, you should not feel forced. Um, but it comes from practice and like a solid one-on-one relationship building. So practice it in your everyday life. And it will naturally, it will naturally carry over into the pageant interview room. So it's something that, again, builds a connection outside of the pageant space, but will also serve you very well when it comes to scoring. Yeah. So funny story about this. I'll, I'll leave the name out to protect the innocent. But this was like when I was, I mean, I was single and, you know, I'm from a very small city, you know, and it's called Belpury, Ohio, 7,000 people. And I just genuinely enjoy speaking with people and so this was probably i don't know six seven years ago something like that and i was at this particular pageant speaking with this particular um title holder and i was just like really interested in her story and i noticed that when we were talking we were sitting kind of close because we were waiting for dinner we were with a group of people but it was just her and i sitting off to the side and then i noticed it was like in the midst of conversation she just kind of leaned back, crossed her arms, and folded her legs. And I'm like, well, that's odd. Like, we were just having a, a good conversation. So then I kind of did the same. And then I was like, and after, like, I don't know, a few more sentences passed, I said, I, I'm sorry, I, I feel like I've I've made you un, uncomfortable. Like, you know, was there something I said that made you have been uncomfortable? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, why do you say that? I'm like, well... We were engaged in conversation. You pulled back, crossed arms, crossed legs, and I was like, "By, by any chance, like, do do you have a do you have a boyfriend?" And she was like, "Yeah, yeah, I do." I was like, "Oh, did you think I was hitting on you?" And she <laughs> she laughed. I was like, "Oh no, okay, I got it. Like, totally was not hitting on you. I was just very interested in the conversation." I'm like, you know. I, I, I'm so sorry it came across like that. And she was like, oh, no, no, that's fine. I just, you know, was like really wanting to be conscious of him and that I wasn't giving off the wrong vibe for you. And I was like, oh, no, I'm so sorry for the misunderstanding. Was not like going down that road at all. And so it was, but it was sheer body language. Cause yeah, we were both totally. In, yeah, and then she pulled back and like, what when you cross your arms or like for a girl a lot of times you'll I'll notice that they'll start to finick with their like kind of play with their necklace because it creates that barrier that arm goes up between her and the person that she's speaking to if she's feeling a little like anxious or like not comfortable 
And some of those, like sometimes girls cross their arms because they're cold, right? So, um, you know, it's not 100%, but if you start to take into the whole grasp of the conversation and just be cognizant, you're like, oh, here's what's going on. So it really does help you to connect with people and read past what they're saying. Because if I just listened to the words that she would say, like, oh, no, everything's fine, then I would have said, okay. But like taking in her words and kind of that surprise voice tone with the crossing, then you just know, oh, okay, there's something I did that's making you uncomfortable. Like, let's just talk about it. And then rest of the night, it was like totally great and like, continue to connect and it was a great conversation and that was that um but yeah so that's just a real life example of what can happen so if you kind of are speaking to judges and then you're speaking to one judge and then all of a sudden maybe they pull back in the midst of your your answer right and the arms cross and they're leaning back maybe you said something that kind of pushed them away so mm. then you want to make sure that you speak about the opposite side too so if you're like you know, Trump is a controversial figure. So if you're like, well, I like Trump because of X, Y, Z, and the judge leans back, it's like, but I can also see why other people don't <laughs> like him because of ABC. And then maybe he's like, okay. <laughs> and maybe he'll lean forward more because maybe he just really doesn't like Trump, right? Well, well and I'm really grateful that you told that story and made that point just now because in any other conversation, you're getting verbal reinforcement and verbal feedback about how they're feeling about what you're saying. In a pageant interview, there is no two-way conversation as far as verbal, so you need to be hyper in tune with body language. And again, some judges do um, totally divert from their natural body language because they're in a position that is unnatural for them, and they're trying to either throw you off or give you a new challenge to see if you can like hang in a press conference where you have a lot of pressure. So it's difficult because they're not they're not acting in a way that's natural for them, but they probably will not be able to fully stifle their body language like Stephen just talked about, the leaning back, the leaning forward, et cetera. So um, I would definitely suggest just like like we said in this last tip for communication mirroring, just try to be more conscious of it in your normal conversations with your loved ones, with your friends, with your teachers, with your bosses, et cetera. And see if you can't start picking things up and then do a good Google search. Body language meaning for crossed arms. You see if you notice someone specifically was. So not in the moment, but maybe think about it later and build up your body language um, arsenal or dictionary. Yeah, it's perfect. It's just so good with connecting people. And yeah, it totally mirror with (laughs) connect with what you say. Practice on loved ones because it's that safe environment and it's just fun to do. So. Mm Okay, so if you were to wrap all these these three strategies up and how to just get the judges to fall in love with you, how would you do that? Okay, so here's a quick summary. Judges come with all different personalities, and whether you're walking into a nearly empty conference room for your interview or a fully illuminated stage in your evening gown, the most important people in the room you have to connect with. Connect, not please, because you don't want to fit their mold. Like We don't want you to like feel like you're over compensating. Like we still want you to be true to yourself, but sell yourself to the judges. So you really have to like really put yourself out there and amplify your personality and don't succumb to whatever strong arm personality they're portraying. And don't assume that when you walk off stage, they will hate you. If they had a straight face, a lot of people will panic like, well, they hate me. So it's over. And they kind of like lose steam for the rest of the pageant. Stay the course, make connections, and acknowledge the judges, and you will be just fine. Uh, thanks for listening. And we've got some really exciting news. We're actually now can be found on Pandora. So if you received 
any benefit from this show or from one's previous, please consider giving us a five-star review and especially a review on Pandora, who has now picked up our show. So super excited about that. Thank you for all the love and support. And again, the five-star review, it might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.